Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. What's up? What's up, everyone? We are back. We are back. We were back with another Hot Takes podcast where we are always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. And so, like I told you all, we start, we're going to end with practitioners, uh, but I have another live wire for you today. Uh, Somebody I have grown to know, grown to love and appreciate for what she brings to the world. Um, and she's a heavy hitter, y'all. You know, she's a little bundled up right now. It's cold in Houston. Um, but we're going to bring some fire for you again today. Everyone, welcome, welcome, Miss Deanna Stinson-Reese. What's up, Thank girl? Thank you. What's up? What's up? You know, I love the opportunity to come on here and you know how we do diving deep, you know, telling it like it is, you know, not holding back. So I'm really, really excited for today. Yeah. So before we get rolling, uh, it's always one of those things that we just got to got to let people know where you are uh, up front uh, and then we'll get rolling with the questions. Absolutely. OK, cool. So for those of you who are not familiar with me, um, I'm currently right now based in Houston uh, by way of Chicago. So while it is freezing cold outside. It is nothing new to me, Um, but I am CEO of E3 Professional Services. Um, I serve as a global DEI consultant for companies, as well as um, a career strategist for black professionals, uh, trying to help them to understand what they need to know in order to advance their careers and to level up in terms of their salary. So that's really big for me because I know that um, as we close the racial wage gap, then we can close the racial wealth gap because a lot of times there's just not enough money in a household to have the additional streams of revenue. So it's starting kind of at that front line and at that baseline within your careers and understanding how do I level up? How do I get the compensation I need so that I can start to build wealth for my family in other ways? And then making sure companies are supporting us black and brown folks within the workplace. So you know how I do. Um, (laughs) What in the world makes that the right work for you? So, you know what, to be 100% honest, I feel like with this type of work for anyone, not even just me, I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm going to go out and say and put it out there. Anybody that's in this line of work, I feel like you have to have been in the trenches and been through it to really understand it and to really get the different nuances that come with it. And so for me, that was very much so my household, like not having enough revenue to build these additional streams. Like you can see this stuff on social media and on YouTube and just, you know, wherever where it's like, oh, multiple streams of income to build wealth. You can't just rely on your employer, but it's like, okay, where I'm gonna get the money to build those additional <laughs> revenue streams? Cause in most cases, let's be real, it takes money to make money or it takes really good credit to to make money so it's kind of like it's very challenging to find revenue streams where you don't have to put something in to get real skin of the game to see that high roi and so i was fortunate enough to 
honestly, you know, from networking on LinkedIn, when I decided to start my business, Lawrence, I kid you not, coming into contact with folks like you, folks like my homegirl, Kiana, those different people that I was able to learn from and, and grow from their expertise and their insights, how they added value to me, I was able to slowly start to see like, okay, this is how I increase the revenue within my house. Okay, this is another way I can do it. Okay, you know, when it comes to the B2B side, you and I have had conversations around like, you know, what I'm doing to secure my B2B clients. And so those interactions and those relationships that I built very much so served as catalysts for me to have the additional revenue needed within my own household in order to start to have money in the stock market, real estate investments, this, that, you know, all these different things. And so I definitely would say for me, living it, breathing it, seeing it on both ends of the spectrum, uh, helping folks to negotiate their salaries, negotiating my own compensation over the years has very much so shown me like, okay, here, here's part of the big problem, right? Like we coming in at these jobs, right? Cause that's usually our initial bread and butter. We're coming in and we're making a bare minimum. If even that, we're not even asking for more. They say, oh, we're gonna offer you $60,000 and we take it because we got paid at our last job, $57,000. So we like, all right, yeah, $60,000, I'll take it. And it's like, did you even ask for 70? Did you ask for 75? Because most companies have a, a budget, like a range, like most of them do. And from a business mindset, right? Let's think about it from a business mindset, no matter if you're black, brown, purple, green, or blue, as a business owner or as somebody that's given a budget, my job is to maximize that budget. So I'm not going to offer you if I got $120,000 that I have budgeted for an event or to hire someone, no matter how great of the person, I'm going to come in at what I think I can offer you that's going to get you to say yes without maxing out my budget. Right. So that's just from a business mindset. So if you understand that just from a business mindset, that alone should just help open up your eyes to like, okay, time out. Let me start to rethink how I'm navigating things. But then to take it a step further, as people of color, we already are going to deal with other um, systemic and biases and, and, and structures that are going to keep us or that are going to try to keep us from excelling and being at those higher compensation levels. So that's even more the reason to come into a negotiation conversation. I always say with your guns blazing, like you, you don't, you don't go into no negotiation conversations just thinking I'm just going to ask just for the sake of asking and not be prepared to like, really go to bat for myself, right? Like you, you got, and it's not begging, it's you understanding how do you position yourself as an asset. So if they decide to let you go after moving you all the way through their process, spending the time, energy, the, the resources, they did all of that. They're going to let you go. They're going to let all of that money go that you have demonstrated that you bring to the organization in terms of the work that you do and how you make an impact. So for me, that's why I think I am equipped to do the work that I do. So y'all can see right now. She, she not playing with this. She she this is this is something that uh she didn't read in a book. Uh no. she didn't read it in the article and thought it was something cute to to pursue. Uh mm -hmm. this is a life work uh for yes. Deanna. Um and this is one of the things that I appreciate about her because um as you can see she can go in. 
um, on on just what it means to to support uh, peoples, to support uh, you understanding equity, uh, particularly mm -hmm. as a per as a black person and people of color, um, because a lot of times that's not something we had access to. I mean, be, yeah. being honest, like and you you talking about from basics of business and basics of negotiation, like that's not anything that I didn't get a book on that. Um, yeah. and, and I didn't, in my family, I was, it was one of those, put your head down, work hard, um, and be grateful. Right. It, exactly. it was one of those, thank God for a job, um, kind of thing, but, yeah. but speak to, speak to the audience and, and kind of really break down because right now there may be, there may be a person out there who is staying with an employer, um, under, uh, underemployed or not mm -hmm. represented very they came in at that bottom line, but they have this mentality of, you know what, I'm just going to survive. What does it really mean to thrive, particularly in this season? We've been in COVID for almost a year now, folks. So, yeah. so to say we're coming out, that whatever this is, we just need to navigate whatever normal we're in today. Um, yeah. and, and so what does it look like to, to support someone seeking to thrive? I love your word choice. I love your word choice. Can I do a shameless plug as I <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so first of all, y'all, if y'all are listening, watching, this is like our everyday like dynamic whenever we talk. So I love his word choice um, because he used the word thrive. And I have I literally have a book coming out uh, at the end of this month on my birthday. Um and that was very much so intentionally done. My birthday is in Black History Month. So, you know, I'm all about doubling up and tripling up all things blackity, black, black. Uh, but then I also wanted my uh, book to be released um, on the day of my birthday to kind of wrap up Black History Month. And the book, the book is actually called um, Thriving and Black, right? And so when he mentioned, and it's pretty much a, a playbook for Black professionals on how to navigate predominantly white spaces to advance your career. So with that being said, one of a couple specific things, two main things um, I really want to share with the audience out there as it pertains to how do you move out of the space of I'm just kind of surviving, right? I'm here because this is where I'm at. Like, I feel like I don't have any other options. I came in at this base salary. I really don't know how to get out of this box. I've almost put, I pretty much put myself in, right? And so... And quick disclaimer, if y'all hear like some pounding because of the ice and snow, like I know it's people outside like trying to do whatever they're doing. So I can kind of hear it. I hope y'all can't. But if you can, I apologize. I just want to kind of put that apology out there in advance. <laughs> it's not me. It's not my household. It's outside. Um, nevertheless, um, but if you want to get out of that box, right, um, that you're in, so to speak, the first thing you have to do is really take a step back and look at the work that you're doing and understand how is what I'm doing contributing overall to the company's revenue, right? Whether it's saving the money, optimizing processes, generating clients or customers, customer retention, sale, whatever it may be, right? And so for somebody that's like, oh, I just answer phones. I don't, you know, all I do is answer the phones. I transfer calls. Like, it's not that deep. Let me tell y'all something. Everybody that a company is paying to be in that organization they are being paid for a reason as a business owner i am going to tell you i promise you there is no company out there 
that is just paying folks to work just for the sake of paying folks to work. Everybody on my team somehow influences my bottom line, whether it's directly or indirectly. If that's saving me time so that I can focus on business development, that's helping my company to make money. If you're sending, if I have my um, admin assistant, they're sending my emails, they're uh, responding to customers, they're creating, you know, uh, correspondence to go out to, to folks. That's saving me time so that I can focus on the other things that's generating money. So that person can very much attest to how they are indirectly helping me or directly helping me to generate X number of dollars in sales. They don't have to say they're generating that. They're supporting such and such department, right? The, the CEO or, you know, the president in generating this many clientele or this much money in revenue. So we have to, as black professionals, get out of the mindset of basically what you mentioned, uh, Lawrence House, kind of like you come in, you're really like tunnel vision, head down, you know, just glad to have a job. Like, no, they are paying you for that role for a reason. The janitor, their role, their role is so vital, right? You may just think, oh, they're clean, you know, keeping everything clean. That doesn't contribute to the bottom line. Oh, yes, it does. It helps with customer retention. If a customer shows up and that place got roaches and whatnot, I know I'm not coming back. I can tell you that right now. If I go to a bathroom and the bathroom's super dirty, like at a store or something, I'm like, uh, mm -mm, nope, I don't want to go there. Or if I see roaches crawling around and, and a pile of ants, I'm not coming back in there to shop, right? So the janitor contributes to the bottom line because it helps with customer retention. And so it's really understanding that even if you don't directly impact the bottom line, you can indirectly impact the bottom line because if they are paying for your role to exist, it don't matter if you're doing it or somebody else is doing it. They got that role there for a reason. And that is one thing that we have to start being better at, understanding that very fundamental aspect. And I'll break it down in the book, you know, in, in more depth, but that's a very high level, like kind of straight to the point. This is the first thing we got to do, like top of top of line. The second thing is a mindset shift. The mindset shift has to come into play in understanding everything is not going to be linear, right? It's not going to be like, oh, I was in this world, then I moved up to this world, then I moved up to this world, then I moved up to this. Like, and it was like this direct progression, right? We have to get out of that mindset. That alone stifles a lot of people. It's especially in the pandemic. It did before the pandemic because I knew quite a few people that were like, oh, I want to be in such and such type role. I want to be in compliance. I want to be in this. And it's like, well, you trying to go and jump right into a role that says compliance officer or compliance specialist, that's not always going to happen. There's other types of roles out there that allows you to get compliance experience. And even though it may not be directly aligned to the type of compliance you want, then that puts the onus on you to be a little more strategic and you may be doing some extra work that you're not getting paid for to get the skill set or the experience that you need so that you can make that switch and that pivot. But you're going to get fundamental transferable skills in the role that you may take. That's a little bit different from just a direct compliance specialist, quote unquote, right? Like hypothetically. And, and that way, if you know this is my end goal, right? senior compliance specialist, right? And you know that this is where you're trying to be, but the only thing you see open is an HR generalist, uh, such and such coordinator or something else. Understand how these different roles can be indirectly 
pivoting you so that your roll to the top is maybe not like this, but it's like this. It's like at an angle, but still going up. It's just not that direct path you initially envisioned. So understanding and being flexible to pivot. And when people say pivot, 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 no, like seriously understanding like, okay, I'm going to go in this direction, even though it's not a direct line to where I want to be. I'm going to go in this direction, but I already know I need these four key things, right? These are the missing gaps in terms of my experiences and skill sets. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to interview for these types of roles, but I'm going to make sure there's opportunities to hop on projects that's going to give me these experiences and skill sets. And if it's not, let's say out of the four things, three things you find like, okay, this job I get is going to allow me to get those skill sets, but it's still something missing. That means you're going to have to go kind of outside of the box. It may not be within the scope of that company. You may be volunteering, working for an organization, uh, like a professional development organization that is um, aligned with that new role so that you're getting the experience that you need, looking at um, videos like on LinkedIn, YouTube information is out there. Like there's no excuse for anybody to not know how to do something because the information is there. Information is out there in, in so many different ways. And so it's really people getting out of this mindset that it's supposed to be like, I apply for the job. And because I, because I say that I want the role and that I'm eager to get it and I got the degree, which backs up why I should have it, that they should hire me. Right. Because everybody needs a shot. Like, come on, man, like get, that's dead. Like those days are over. Like where it's like, we're just going to give you a try just because it happens sometimes, but you got to be real strategic. And that, that is why like some people, they refer to themselves as career coaches, which there's no knock to that um, because career coaching is absolutely necessary. But I've learned over the years that while I do coach my clients, I'm more of a strategist because you can't come to me and not know what you want your end goal to be. I'm not I'm not here to coach you to help you figure out necessarily what your end goal is. I'm here to help you build a strategy to get there and to make sure you get there and get the compensation that you need. And so typically when individuals come to me like, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, I'm like, I'm probably not the best fit for you because while I do coach clients, I'm not here to help you figure out what your career aspirations are. If you come to me like, hey, I got this background in this, I got this background in this, I'm trying to figure out how do I make it align, I'm trying to find that endpoint. that's a different story because then I'm going to show you how to strategically blend the parts of this that you like and the parts of this that you like so we can identify that end goal and build that strategy to get you to that end goal. Um, so I'm, so I love that. I'm yeah. all about strategy, all about strategy. So I love that because that tees up uh, one of the other points that you have, particularly around positioning yourself in kind of that value proposition, because we have a question um, from a leader I know um, who, Nikki, and I'm going to put it up on the screen so you see it right in front of you. Um, and so just take a minute to, to look at that question, because it's a very valid thing, right? Because nowadays we have all these DEI initiatives and all these other things being pushed out. And so for those of you who are out there that are career coaches, that are uh, people helping others transition. Um, if you have responses to Nikki's question, throw it out there. Um, this is a community. This is for everybody. Um, you all are practitioners as well. Um, I just get the, I get the pleasure of, of bringing on my crew uh, to answer these types of questions. Um, but uh, Deanna, what say you? What's so, your response to that? Yes, yes. So for doing the same type of job, 
on average, right, when you think about if you're not reporting any sort of, you know, major milestones or any type of major accomplishments, which is also actually outlined in the book around, like, how do you show up for your performance evaluations, all that, all that type of stuff, because don't just show up. You got to you got to dominate. If you're going to show up, you need to show up to dominate. I don't care if you do have projects that you fell short on. There's ways to really control the narrative for that conversation. But in general circumstances, if you're doing the same type of work, on average, I typically see anywhere from like three to 6% like annual like increases as like a, a average, I'll say like across the board, anywhere from three to 6%. Um, now I'll be hundred percent transparent. Not every company is giving you just an annual increase, right? Just because you did your job, right? Like they're giving those increases typically to folks that are, you know, overperforming or, you know, high performers rather. Run that back. Run that back. I need you to say that again for people. I need you to say that again for people that, that be out there like, see, see, I knew just because I showed up on time, I was supposed to get something. No. Go ahead, run that back for yeah, people. Yeah, no, most companies are not just out here giving you raises annually solely off of the strength that you, you're showing up to work every day. Um, you got like, you know, certain entities that, you know, have that in place as a, as a means to uh, maintain retention. If there's a high turnover for, um, for their company, for whatever reason, like I know the education system, a lot of times will give like annual increases because, you know, teachers, that's a high turnover rate. And there's, there's other entries that do it too, but I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know. Most companies, they're not just giving y'all, not just giving y'all raises, like all willy nilly, like anywhere from three to six percent, just kind of like as an annual thing. If that's like built into their way of uh, employee engagement, you know, their total rewards program, and just maintaining uh, retention of their employees, if they have the bandwidth to do that, then yes, you may see, like I said, anywhere from three to six percent, usually in most cases. Um, and that's just an average, right? Like it can be a little bit lower for one company, a little bit higher. Uh, but it's, you know, I usually see closer to that three, closer to that 3% if you're not doing much of anything. Uh, the other part of her question was around uh, the things that I look for in order to assess whether or not a company's DEI initiatives or their company culture is, she used the term bad, but I would say in need of some revamping um, and, and basically some restructuring. And a lot of times it honestly boils down to uh, the needs assessment that we do. So looking at what does your leadership makeup look like, right? So people often, or companies um, oftentimes will have the mindset, their leaders at least will have this mindset of, oh, you know, we have diversity because we have, let's say 40% uh, non-white employees working for our organization, which very much so that means you do have diversity within your organization. However, um, a, diversity is not just skin color or race, right? Diversity is a lot more than that. But then in addition to that, where are those individuals that are not white? Are they in your senior and executive leadership roles? Because when we look at that, we see that there's 1% non-white. And when you look at the male to female ratio, it may be 3% female and 97% male. So in theory, your company really is not as diverse as you think it is because diversity is very fluid and it should be spread throughout the organization. There should be representation at all levels. Um, and so that's usually one main 
that's one first thing that I always initially look at. Like if you're C-suite and VP executive suite, you know, and those senior leaders do not look diverse. I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter how many black, brown, purple, green people you got working underneath y'all. Your company culture is nine times out of 10, not in line with what true DEI um, uh, aspirations, I won't say aspirations, but goals look like for an organization. So looking at leadership and then again, that needs assessment. Right. So we're asking the employees different things like are you, you know, how how does this make you feel in your organization? Do you feel this? You know, explain what it's like. Do you have access to leadership? Do you understand how to move up within your organization? Do you experience jokes that are told where you feel excluded? Do you experience jokes around Christian or religion, whether it's Christianity, you know, or any other religion? Just those various nuances, microaggressions, biases uh, that people experience, you get a pulse for that and it's anonymous. So if I have a company that tells me they are not willing to send out a needs assessment, where we get anonymous feedback, meaning people can say whatever they want and you cannot go and find that person to be like, why did you say that you were discriminated against in your performance evaluation, right? You can't, you can't do that. If a company doesn't feel comfortable putting out a survey to get anonymous feedback, that is an immediate red flag, immediate yeah. red flag. So, so here's one of the other things that comes up for me, particularly in the area of compensation. If your organization is just trying to catch people up um, because they've identified through their compensation uh, report that yep. they have been underpaying, particularly people of color um, within your organization, that is not a strategy. Um, that just means you got caught and you identified you was wrong. Um, and, and I've been with organizations who that was a strategy for them to yep. if I could get you for dirt cheap, then cool, we won. Um, but you it's like anything else. Uh, talent is you get what you pay for. Sometimes um, sometimes you 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 strike you strike diamonds um, and you get that person who just wanted a shot. Um, and I know shout out to my veterans um, who are who are <laughs> logged in. Uh, we, we have this tendency that we like, you know what? We've always been told this is a performance environment. And so we go go hard. We're going to go hard. Um, and then particularly people that I know that come up, if, if you've watched your parents for all these years, just put your head down, work hard, work hard, work hard. And you just you just a, a work horse, um, for lack of a better term. And the organization is identified that. And, and if that person is not being compensated in accordance with their effort, then you your structure is off if you're yeah. waiting for annual bonuses and, and, and initiatives and different things like that. Those types of things should be baked into someone's performance throughout the year. And yeah. so if you're only talking to people at the beginning of the year to give them their objectives and at the end of the year to tell them how they did, um, you already done messed up um, yeah. because you now have lost the ability and the bandwidth to actually recall things that I didn't do. Uh, right, that get me my my minimum three percent bonus, right? Um, and so that even even that anonymous bonus thing. And so for me, uh, you know me, I'm the culture guy, I'm a values guy, and and the reason why this is called hot is humble, open, and transparent. That's my leadership style. If I can't sit in front of Diana, who has the actual issue, and actually talk through these things without being offended as her leader then I got an ego problem yep. and I got a problem, but we understand that's not everybody's reality. Everybody's working towards that kind of leadership. Um, but to your point, if you're not even willing 
to even get that type of feedback and see it as a gift and see it as an opportunity to do something differently, then you got to reevaluate yourself and your mindset around these things. Because to read something like feedback and say, well, we asked them directly for issues and nobody said anything. Okay. All right. You, you, okay. You got to play. You got, you got some wiggle room um, in your development and, and that's just been identified. And so for leaders, yeah. it's making sure that you're positioning yourselves to receive all information and then be more curious than confrontational and how you have those exchanges. And so there's something you say. Um, and I love, I love how you say, it because again, not everybody knows how to um, position themselves mm-hmm. for promotion. And, it, and as and as kind of a to end cap this thing, because all of us want to do better. We want to be better. Um, and I go back to the word thrive and shout out. And I knew you were going to do it. Uh, you are always welcome to shout your book out and anything else you've got going on. You are always welcome to do that here. Um, but how do people if they're within an organization um, and in support of something else, how do they position themselves to see increase in form of a promotion? In terms of professionals, right? Like, how do they position themselves? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you very much so cannot rely on your immediate supervisor to track the work that you're doing. It is your responsibility and solely your responsibility to be able to see that, oh, I worked on X, Y, and Z project, and this was the result that we saw within our department. But then this is also the result that another department was able to see because of the work that we did. And this is how that ties to the bottom line. When you start thinking like that and start tracking that, then you are starting to position yourself for promotional opportunities, for leadership opportunities, because you know how to see beyond just the scope of your department, right? You've trained your mind to see and think how leaders have to see and think in executive roles, in senior leadership roles, in those C-suite roles. You think the CEO doesn't understand how this department affects the next department? Like they have to, because that's how they built their organization. That's how they keep the organization running. So when you start to understand how your work impacts the organization beyond just the scope of your department that you're in or the role that you're in, that right there is going to help you position yourself for promotional opportunities. And you have to track that, right? So you have to have documentation of this. And then you go into your performance evaluation prior to that, sending your performance your uh, appraiser your performance information, right? Like, hey, here are some agenda items that I'm looking forward to discussing when we have our you know, annual or biannual or monthly, quarterly, whatever it may be, right? Here is the agenda. Here's an agenda of items that I would love to discuss. And so I always tell people, don't put, if you have a project, right, that you didn't do so great on, like, don't put that on the agenda, right? That's up to them. To, <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. That's up to them, right, to be like, hey, let's talk about that project you had with with hot takes, right? How, you know, we realize, you know, things didn't really go as planned. So, of course, before you go into that, you've already thought about, okay, when I did that project with hot takes, uh, I was late on delivering, right? So let me go ahead and plan in case Lawrence decides to ask me about that. Let me plan for how I'm going to control the narrative for that conversation where I focus on this is what we were able to learn from that situation, right? This is what we were able to gather from it. 
even though it wasn't as successful as we wanted it to be, this is what we did get out of it, right? And then re immediately pivoting back to those positive things, right? Which is why such and such project went so well when I was with E3 Professional Services and I was able to do this, 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 right? You overshadow that negative. You, you know, take ownership, of course, if they bring it up, you know, you can't deny it, but always find this is what we're able to learn from it. This is what we're able to take from it and then re-pivot back to the more positive things that you have done. But when you send that agenda, let me just put this disclaimer, like, let's not send like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about how I messed up with hot takes. Like, no, no, that's up to your supervisor. <laughs> that's the one thing you leave up to your supervisor to talk about. <laughs> but everything else, you should come planned, you know, ready to, to talk about and bring up uh, on your own um, so that it makes your supervisor's job a lot easier too, right? Coming in, if they're like, oh, okay. She already then outlined, you know, this is what we're going to go over. You're controlling the narrative for your performance evaluation. You're controlling how it's handled, the direction that it's going. And then that's documentation. Also, even if y'all don't have a formal tracking system, this is another way of documenting the things that you're doing uh, within the workplace. Yeah, I love that. And, and uh, just for those of you out there who who uh, experience me in any given situation, y'all already know I'm a growth I'm a growth mindset dude. So you better you better come with the dirty stuff first. Um, that that better be a part of your agenda. Um, but what I want to know is what you learned um, and how how you're not gonna repeat it. Um, or or what are you doing to level up? Who you brought in? Like that's my that's my thing. That's how I for me I'm always looking for my replacement. Right. But that's that's the way that I lead. That's the that's the, the soldier in me. I, I need I need to know if I go down, you got it. And and so that only comes from knowing what you do when stuff is ugly and not so pretty. Um, and, and so one of the things um, is when we do reviews and I, and I love that you brought this up, particularly around performance is mm -hmm. performance is talking about past. It's your past. It's your history. And so if you aren't keeping up with your actual performance in the things that you've done to actually have a professional exchange and it's a anxiety field conversation, um, mm -hmm. then there are some internal things that you need to process. Because if you know you kick butt this year, then your expectation going into that conversation and to Deanna's point, this is a strategy meeting because it, we should be spending 15 minutes on what happened last year and we should be spending another 45 on what we're going to do next year to capitalize on the things that have happened. It should be a, just an update and it's a culmination of last year as an event. So it yeah. should just be hey, that box should be checked. I should know six months out if I'm going to get this annual bonus because I'm killing it or I'm pivoting. Like you said, like, like you to use Deanna's word, I'm pivoting to make sure I get back on track so that I could be in a, a better position to receive some of those bonuses and different things like that. Um, and, and there's going to be some banter. I want you to engage with the chat uh, after this podcast is over um, it, because Nikki brought in another thing and said yeah. in, in her position, um, she sees employees wanting, expecting managers to run the review and do not come prepared with agendas yeah. or items. Yeah. And so for you um, and to Nikki, to that point, that's an advanced level. That's the strategy part of it. Right. That's yeah. you being confident in your abilities. And that's insinuating the manager has the capacity to allow that type of dialogue to happen. Right. And they allow that that level of autonomy for their employees to come and have that type of structure um, that they have buy in. And, um, and again, 
that is, that is not a, but it's something you could train. It's something you could teach. And, and uh, Deanna Stinson Reese uh, will be more than happy to help your employees upskill uh, in the areas of yeah. communication and all those good things like that. So, um, man, that was a value field, uh, 35 minutes. And I that need people bad. to know how to find you. I know, right? I need, <laughs> need people to know how to find you so they can continue this conversation. How, how can yeah. they find you? So definitely is if you find me on LinkedIn, you that's how most people find like over 90% of the people that I work with, like have found me on LinkedIn. So obviously um, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn and, you know, we'll get, to, I'll get to you um, ASAP. It should be going across the screen now. Um, or you can go directly to our website, um, e3-proservices.com. There's like a contact form on there. It kind of has an outline of our services. Um, I, I, man, if you are a professional really trying to level up. The the book is very much so geared towards uh, professionals of color in terms of how to level up in their careers because they I, they see such traumatic challenges um, as, a, as is compared to their white counterparts. But the things that Lauren just mentioned, Lawrence just mentioned, even down to like knowing who your replacement is gonna be, that is even pivotal. That's pivotal for career advancement, right? Not being too vital for your role, where it's like it's more of a risk to move you up than it is to bring a new person in. But people don't understand and know that. Right. So understanding this, understanding how to really navigate a performance evaluation, because like Nikki mentioned, you don't see it a lot. Right. Because we're not trained and conditioned to do that. And so oftentimes there is no penalty, if you would, in most cases, for sending over like, hey, these are items that, you know, I'm looking forward to discussing, right? They're going to have things maybe already in line, but you can show up with, these are some things I'm looking forward to discussing, right? So you're taking accountability, taking some ownership. It's going to now be on them to be like, no, we can't talk about the things you want to talk about. Now, do you think that they're going to get, that appraiser is going to get very far shutting down what an employee has sent over saying, hey, I would love to talk about these things during my performance evaluation, right? That's a whole nother can of worms that most people, they don't want that smoke. So um, <laughs> so please, please definitely uh, be on the lookout for the book. Hit me up either on LinkedIn or uh, directly on the website. And if you go to the website, like you can connect with me on other social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. But LinkedIn is where I usually am the most active. So definitely find me on LinkedIn. Well, I tell you what, I, I had fun. I told you, I, I put in the chat, I said, uh, Deanna's a whole show all by herself. She don't need to ask no questions. Um, but I want to thank you so much for, for taking this time uh, just to hang out uh, and do some verbal banter with me. Um, but if you are someone and you enjoyed what you saw, please, please, please share. Um, we're here every week at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and if you are a coach, trainer, speaker, author looking to uh, extend your voice uh, via podcast or live, um, please direct message me uh, so we can have a conversation and, and make sure alignment is there. And uh, you can come on here and we can become community quick, fast and in a hurry. Um, and so this was another hot takes where we, again, are always seeking to be humble, open and transparent. Thank you all so much. Be safe out there. Those of you who are getting snow um, and bad weather uh, and we just a little rainy and misty here in the south. Uh, but peace, love and hair grease. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, We love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure you present yourself every single day with intentionality. Actions over ideas always win.